Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. He's like a rotisserie chicken. He just goes and goes. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Oh, I can't stand breath. Oh, it's so gross. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. Forget your troubles. Come home and get happy. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I am shoes off hostile. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And before we get started today, guys, we want to know, are you following us on Instagram? Are you? Look deep in your heart. Are you? We're on Instagram at What Fresh Hell Cast. We've got a pretty active Instagram page there, and we like to follow everybody who follows us. So come uh, share your baby pictures with us on Instagram. All right. I, Amy runs the Instagram. I don't know. I'm too old for Instagram. I'm like, what's the Instagram? I like Facebook. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we are talking, Amy, about two kinds of people. Well, there are Instagram people and Facebook people. There you go. We've already, <laughs> we've accidentally started our topic. I am a Facebook person and Amy is an Instagram person. And so we went to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash what fresh hell cast. Come join us there and you can join our group. And we asked, people to name the two kinds of people. What are the two kinds of people? My example is always people who buy one pair of expensive sunglasses, not me, versus people who buy a hundred pairs of $10 sunglasses. That is me. Amy, are you a one sunglasses? I'm in the gray area. You are. I buy three pairs of moderately expensive sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. I guess there might be a middle ground there. It's paper plastic, right? It's like I, yes, I will say this episode is going to be very um, what kind of monster adjacent and many people and I see you guys decided to just use this to call out the monsters in their lives. Yes, it's like an implicit there are two kinds of people, the right kinds of people and the other crazy people. Right. Yeah. And there's kind of a lot of the right kinds of people and my spouse. So there's a <laughs> passive aggressive streak in these answers that I'm here for. Let me just say. Okay. All right. And let's start with an easy one. Edita says people who shower in the evening versus people who shower in the morning. Okay, that's good. I'm a morning. How about you? I'm an evening. <gasps> I feel like this goes with morning and night people. Are you a morning person? You must be, Amy. Yes, I am a morning person. You just seem like a morning person to me. And I don't mean that as a compliment necessarily. I would much rather, you know, jam through something I really need to get done after a cup of coffee at 7.30 a.m. than at 10 p.m. for sure. I will say in our current times, everything's a little more willy-nilly. Like I tend to just take a shower whenever I exercise now, which can be kind of any time. But in general, I mean, I cannot tell you, it's been years since I took a shower before 11 o'clock in the morning. I do not like to shower. I don't like to get wet first thing in the morning. That's horrible to me. <laughs> horrible to me. A lot of weather people, Amy. Okay. Summer or winter? I'm um, Summer. I'm winter. We really are. We're going to be opposites on so many things. This is going to surprise me. Right, exactly. We are. This is the whole premise of our podcast, right? We're opposites. I mean, I like the summer. I like the light. I like the warmth. I like summer in my own way, but I have lived places like Los Angeles with no winter and I can't stand it. I'm such a winter person. I like to cradle my mug in my sweater and sit by a fire. I love it. I can't live without it. Well, here's so Charlene says that I hate summer. He hates winter. We know at least three other couples that are split like this. And gender is not a consistent 
factor. This to me, like I heard somebody say back when I was in college, somebody was like, in every couple, there's an acid and a base. And which one are you? And I've been thinking about that since I was like 18 years old. <laughs> oh, that's so easy for me. I'm an acid. I've also heard it said as a garden and a gardener. And which one are you? I'm the garden. 100% the garden. As in like you put up your feet and your husband brings you tea? Is that what a garden is? No, it just means the person who needs more tending <laughs> and the person who is more naturally okay. the tender. All right. It doesn't mean that like I never do anything and I'm just a passive flower that my husband waters. But like it's if you had to pick, it's not even close. I know which one I am. All right. I have one for you. Are you open wrapping paper carefully kind of person or just like rip it open and ball it up? Oddly, I think for the other things I would choose, I'm a careful unwrapper. Ah. Well, I don't refold it. I guess I'm some, I'm a little bit in the middle there. I don't like to like rip it. it. It upsets me, but I tend to like take it off carefully and then ball it up and throw it away. So I guess I'm kind of in the middle on that one. <laughs> You're a little bit in denial. Like I need to like, I can save this wrapping paper. Actually, no, I can't. This is a huge one. People who want to touch cuddle while sleeping and people who want their space. Oh, I am... Like, don't breathe on me. Don't touch me. Get as far away from me as you can. I am so that person as well. And you're making me feel better. Like, uh, yeah, that movie, that Amy Schumer movie, Trainwreck. Yes, yes. It made me feel so much better, too, because I always thought this was my secret shame that I'm horrible. Oh, my husband and I were watching it. and We were like, when did Amy Schumer and whoever the guy is in the movie, like, watch our lives and make a movie about it. It's so funny. But she has this whole thing of like, please don't breathe on me. And my husband knows like, if his breath touches me, it's all over. I mean, I do not like and I don't even like I can't have a fan in the room. Like anything blowing on me is the worst sensation I could ever have. And so a person breathing on me, my kids, I'm always like, could you stop breathing on me? It's gross to me. Horrible. We have a morning ritual over our coffee that my husband will say, so how did you sleep last night? And I will say, you didn't do anything wrong. It's all me. It's not you, but you, you know, rolled over. Ugh. He's like a rotisserie chicken. He just goes and goes. It's, I'm up all the time. And so, yeah, it's just, I need to keep the separation. But I really thought that I was, when you see ads or movies or TV shows, even ones that are sort of like kind of, I don't know, they cast a gimlet eye on most things. They always show a couple in bed, like completely entwined. I watched Game of Thrones and my husband would laugh at me because I was like, they must smell so bad. His breath must be so gross. Like in the romantic scenes, Jon Snow and like the like redheaded woman would be like out in the woods for days and they would start making out and I'd be like, oh, they must smell so gross. And David's like, what is wrong with you? That is not a normal reaction to seeing a love scene, but it's all I think about. It's like, oh, I can't stand breath. Oh, it's so gross. Yeah, I'm a joy to live with. Nicole says there are people who sleep naked and people who don't. I'm a never nude at this point in my life. I really have become, <laughs> again, another TV reference, but in Arrested Development, there's a guy who's a never nude and I'm a never nude. I do not like, I cannot imagine. Okay. Erica says bra wearers or people who say F it. And like all the time bra wearers? This is I don't know. I, I know people who are just like bras are from the devil, but I mean... I need a bra and I just, I like a little support. I don't know. It, I cannot imagine. Yeah. I mean, I breastfed three kids, right? So I'm like, I don't, it makes me feel bad about myself when I pass by a mirror and I don't have a little. I don't think it's like a body image issue with me as much as it is just like a comfort. I like to be wrapped up like a little burrito at all times. I like everything in its place. I don't know. I, the freedom of nudity holds no allure for me. You know, I have a friend who <laughs> wears what he calls super boxers. He has like the dry cleaner, like make him for them. They're like regular, like loose boxers, but they have a little like hammock in the middle of extra support. So we were like, why don't you just wear underwear? No, but he likes boxers, but he needs the support. So I feel him. Yes, I actually feel better with a bra on. Yeah. But not to bed. Yeah, I wouldn't wear one to bed, but basically, but I would never sleep nude. I have to be still burritoed in some way. I like, <laughs> I need protection from all the breathing, for God's sakes. This takes us to a whole section that I enjoyed, which is people who think there's only one choice. Rachel says people who dread putting their children to bed and liars. You mean like you're happy to have your children gone to bed, but you're not happy to go through the process that that requires, I guess she means. I think she means people who are like, I hate it when the kids go to bed because I miss them. And she's like, there is no such thing as that. You're lying. <laughs> okay. Ashley says people who give glittery cards and people who know that that is rude. Oh my gosh. 
My daughter, when she was little, picked out a birthday card for her grandfather that had like half a pound of glitter in it. And he opened it and it went like all over the table. And the look on his face, like he was about to be like, what is this? And then, you know, he looked up at his granddaughter and he's like, wow, I really like it. And I I was so impressed by his ability to keep it together in that moment because what a mess. Who came up with that? What kind of monster came up with glitter inside cards? A non-parent. I don't know. What You could just stop with that sentence earlier. What kind of monster came up with glitter? I mean, glitter is... Yeah. It's horrible. It's what... Everyone who uses glitter is a monster, period, full stop. Kate says, people who put towels away a little bit wet, quote, what it'll dry in the closet, unquote, versus those who know better. This got a strong reaction. People were like... Who does that? Yeah, I think that's there aren't two kinds of people. There's one kind of person and then one person who does that. <laughs> Run away. I mean, we definitely have a dryer that does not work correctly and it throws off our laundry schedule because the dryer takes twice as long to dry as the washer takes to wash. Mm-hmm. Like you have to run the dryer twice to get the clothes clean. And so then it's like you can't move the laundry through because you're constantly stuck at the dryer level. And so we do occasionally... I do occasionally get semi-wet clothes out and I'm just like, I can't do it anymore. We're going to have to just let these dry somewhere else. And it does drive my husband crazy. I'm the monster as usual. Are you the kind of person who like saves up the laundry until there's like 10 loads and like today is just laundry day? Or are you the kind of person who sort of always has some laundry in process? Mm, I mean, I'm the person who saves up fundamentally. I am also the person and someone else had this one people who fold their laundry right away and put it where it goes and people who just kind of constantly have the bin that is like, just grab something out of there. It's clean. Like the clean but not folded basket. And I want to be person one, but I am fundamentally person two. This time has been good for teaching my kids to fold and put away their own laundry. I mean, should they have been doing that anyway? Yes, don't at me, but it's the time now to do it. And they fold their baskets, bring them upstairs, and then they just want to like live out of the laundry basket. They don't want to put it away in the drawers, which you know what? Fine. I'll buy another laundry basket. I'll live with that. Yeah. I mean, we all have laundry aspirations and then our real laundry selves. Let's be honest. Two kinds of people, people who separate their laundry and people who are just like, screw it, I'm going to wash it all on cold. Yeah, I'm definitely person two again. I mean, I try to be person one, but my husband, and I have had to have a strict talking to with him about this, is a person who will put, we use rags in our kitchen instead of paper goods because we love the earth. Oh, I've gotten better about that. Yeah, I've come become that kind of person recently too. That's not the problem, Amy. The okay. problem is the person who puts the like food disgusting rag in with my clothes. That's disgusting. Ah, food mess and human stink do not belong in the same thing. Like, I don't want the like, we wiped up spilled orange juice and a half a clove of garlic and some spilled cat food with this rag. I don't want that to be washed along with my t-shirts. That's gross. (laughs) How do you not know that? I never would have thought about that. Here's the two kinds of people. One kind of person thinks it's okay to use like the kitchen sponge to wipe the counters with. And then the right people who are like, no, 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 don't use the nasty sponge that has two weeks worth of bacteria in it to wipe the counters. You've just put a thin layer of mildew all over my kitchen counter. Which one are you? It's gross. Yeah. I mean, everyone should know better. There's gross mess and regular mess and they should not mix. I believe that strongly and I will stand by that. Amy, are you a warrior or a go with the flower? In general? Yeah. Oh, this is a complicated one for me, Margaret, because I am a worrier and I feel like I am the worrier that makes the go with the flowers possible. Like I am the gardener, right? Like, yes, I'll just do whatever. Oh, good. Because I was the one who like figured out where we're going to go for dinner tonight and made a reservation. Yeah, I think that's fair. I get that. I see that picture. (laughs) I feel like that's to some degree like the invisible work default role, which is like, I'm glad you're not worried. Yes. I'm a warrior who always thinks of myself as a laid back person. <laughs> I always think like I'm pretty laid back, but I'm a huge warrior and it's funny. Like that's my sister has a theory that like, people always describe themselves wrong. And I tend to be like, whatever, I'm laid back about that stuff. And my sister's always like, yeah, you're not laid back. That's not true. Here's a funny one from my friend, Justine, and I feel personally attacked by this. People who want to talk on the phone and those who are annoyed at the imposition hashtag texting rules. Justine is a neighbor of mine, and I had to call her the other day to borrow something. We were in quarantine. I had to borrow, like, 
sugar or something for something I was making. And I called her on the phone and I was like, I know, I know, I know I'm not supposed to call you, but I do know people in my life who are like, never call me on the phone. I like to talk on the phone, but I try to respect the people I know who are like text only. I hate when like... I don't mind talking to people I know. I hate when, I don't know, the air conditioner person's like, we're calling to schedule a whatever, call us back. And then you play like phone tag for three days. Like, why are we doing this? You have, you can text me, you can email me. I actually have my voicemail. Like, please don't leave me a voicemail because I will leave it. I'll forget to listen to them for weeks at a time. Well, it's funny because you and I, right, we work together all the time and I've never heard your voicemail. Like, why would I ever call you? It does feel like we are beyond calling at this point in our lives. Like, why is anyone calling anyone? I don't know. There's so many better ways to do this. And I have a friend I have to call, but I do feel that the rule is now text her to ask if when is a good time to call her instead of just calling her. I'll call like my sister. Yeah, I was going to say, I call my sisters. I call my family. I call people to chat. But it's true that like even to order food, I ask my husband to do that all the time. I don't like to talk to people on the phone. Yes. I'm like, I don't want to have a human interaction on the phone. I would rather make dinner than call the Chinese restaurant and talk to somebody about what we want for takeout. Yeah, you're not wrong. I support you. All right, we'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Hello, Hellions. You know we listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't our own. And today we want to tell you about a podcast that really speaks to us and will speak to any parent of a child with special education needs. The podcast is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. One of my kids has an IEP, and I found this podcast so validating and so helpful. I feel better equipped to advocate for my child's educational needs now. This podcast is helpful for parents in many different situations, whether your child already has an IEP or you're just starting to wonder if they might need extra support in the classroom. Juliana has content for kids of all ages and for kids who are learning English as an additional language as well. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Amy, let's talk about people who read books no matter how bad they are because they're finishers and people who have learned that life is too short for uninteresting books. This is Kristen's. I'm the latter. Which one are you? I have finally become the latter. I spent my whole life as I have to finish anything I start. And now my new system is when I have a really bad book, I Google the ending. <laughs> I still have to know how it turned out, but now you can Google like plot summaries of almost every book. No kidding. Like Goodreads? And if it's going really badly, I just Google the end. I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds bad. That sounds just like how bad this was going. I'm glad you told me that because there is a book. I'm not going to name it because, you know, why would I do that? But I spent like two months of this quarantine trying to love this book because it was acclaimed and whatever. And it just was such a slog I finally decided I didn't care enough about what happened to any of these characters to stick around. But now I kind of want to know. Yeah, I just did it recently. And I, it's fine. I'm like, I'm not really invested, but I kind of want to know what happens, but I don't want to finish it. Boom. Google book summary. It's great. One of my very first dates with my now husband, we went to a play and we left at intermission and he intermission. I turned to him like, are you enjoying this? And he's like, it's okay. I'm like, it's terrible. And he's like, okay, it's terrible. Cause I think it was my idea to have seen this play. Clearly I'm the theater person of the two of us. And I said, okay, let's, let's go. 
And he was like, what? I'm like, let's leave. He's like, can you do that? I'm like, we, we're not enjoying ourselves. Like, we pay for the tickets. Security doesn't tackle you on the way out the door and yeah. demand why, <laughs> demand you have a meeting with the actors to explain why you're leaving. Right. Now, sometimes if there's like eight people in the audience, it's a little bit problematic. But yeah, this was a professional play that we paid good money for and we were free to leave. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. I have always been a movie walker outer, always. Are you in the parking lot? I often will just leave and I'm like, I'll meet you later. It's like, we, you're always at a mall or something. There's always something else to do. But I'm like, I'm not going to sit through this. It's boring the heck out of me. And I hate, like, violent stuff. It gives me, you know, I, like, hate to see stuff and then I get upset by it. But I'm not even invested in the story. But it still will give me nightmares. So once I start to see that stuff, I'm like, I'm just going to leave. If this child in danger, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm going to go. Like, I don't like to see stuff that gets me wigged out. And so I just tap my husband. I'm like, I'll see you later. What was that Jokery Batman movie where the guy, you know, his face is all sliced up and they're robbing banks? I'm like, I was pregnant at the time. I was like, yeah, I don't need this in my life. But my husband was enjoying it. I was like, I'll meet you later. He knows now. I just tap him. I'm like, I'll see you later. And then he just texts me when it's over. My movies, I don't want to see any movie where where there's an extended sequence of people punching each other like in the face. Like it could be like the Hillary Swank boxing movie. Or I don't care what it is. Marvel movie, like no punching. I mean, I could do a whole podcast on things I don't <laughs> want to see in movies. And the list is endless. Like basically the minute I see a spaceship, I'm like, I got to go. I got to go. I'm not interested in whatever this is. Like there's huge categories of things that I'm just like, I don't want to see people shooting each other in a war. There's just too much stuff I don't care to see. I like this one from Jennifer. It's a vacation, two kinds of people. Jennifer says there are two kinds of people, people who think vacation is for cramming in as much as possible versus people who just want to break from all decision-making except what to eat or drink next. This is such a great one. Which one are you? I am the second one. Like I really, like a good day on vacation. Mm. I would have thought you were a crammer in her. Oh my gosh. We went um, we went to Hawaii last summer, the five of us, for a big anniversary. And yeah, like a good day for me in Hawaii is like a book and a chair with a view of, you know, something pretty. And But some other people in my family want to, you know, hike and this and, you know, I don't know, surf glide, whatever you call those like water sports things you do. And so we did a little bit of that. But yeah, I, I don't need to super adventure win a new location. I feel like I've changed a little bit on this. Surprisingly, like I would have thought you were a super planner. I find it very hard to resist the lure of while we're here, you know, like we went to Hawaii for my 40th birthday and it was a while ago, I was pregnant at the time. And again, I was like, this is the only time I'm ever going to be in Hawaii. And so I decided we had to drive the crazy back road to Hana and see the waterfalls. And mm -hmm. we kind of ran around too much. And I got home and I was like, I should have sat on the beach more. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of trouble resisting the lure of I kind of like to explore. So I like a vacation where you go somewhere and you see it, you know, but I've tried to fight the urge a little bit. Like even on a beach vacation, I'm like, I read there was a crazy place in this city that, that I have, we should drive there. And I have trouble resisting that. And I'm trying to work on that. Like reading a book on the beach is vacation. I do like when I travel to understand what it's like to live in that place. You know what I mean? So like going to the beach in Hawaii that the people who live in Hawaii go to and kind of hanging out and seeing like what it's like to live there. I love that, but I don't need to hang glide off a mountain because most people who live in Hawaii aren't doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get a little hung up on this one, but yeah, I need to chill out a little bit more on vacation. I will say quarantine's been good for me a little bit in terms of like yesterday I sat and read a book for nine straight hours and I just let my kids figure stuff out and they did. You know, I've gotten a little bit better at what if you just relax today? You don't worry about like being the cruise director and what's next. It's helped me a little bit. Tara says there are two kinds of people, the ones who tidy up the kitchen as they go and people who let the mess build and multiply until it looks like the kitchen was ransacked. I am so number two. <laughs> and it, I mean, I am the worst ever at this. We have a friend who's a professional chef and he complains about this thing of like, He's just so trained, like everything goes away as he uses it. I mean, I am the worst at this. I'm also the disorganized cook, so I like to put all the ingredients out like I'm on a cooking show. So I prep like 95 bowls. I mise en place like you wouldn't believe. But I mean, it's insane. Luckily, our deal is I cook you clean with my husband because he doesn't cook that much. It's 
horrible. I have to get better at it. I mean, it truly looks like a band of thieves has broken in and thrown things in every direction. I am such a whirling dervish. Like my favorite thing to do is the back to one, like everything in its place, like the keys go in the door, the shoes go in the basket. So the new thing I've enjoyed setting up is like getting food going. Cause again, like my kids are becoming better in the kitchen. Cause we're always home. We're always cooking at home. Like you stir this and I will like put 10 things away and then come back and check if it's ready yet. No, stir it some more and then do go put 10 more things away. I can't like stand still and wait. Like I can't like stand at the grill and wait until it's time to flip the burgers. I have to put the burgers on the grill run like, I don't know, put in a load of laundry and do this and this and then go flip the burgers. I can't just stand there. I think it's a little bit about being not a very good chef too, because I'm busy. Like the oil has to be shimmering and then what happens? And (laughs) it's just, I'm constantly grabbing stuff. Like I think if I was a little bit better, I would be more organized. Do you make your bed every morning? A lot of people are saying people who make the bed every morning and people who don't. Yeah, I am usually not. Right now I'm somewhere where I can see my bed like from the living room so yes right now i am making my bed every day but if i'm somewhere where like the bed is upstairs and down the hall no i don't it's just surprising for me but i have become a make your bed every day person i find i think with all of us and just five people we're home so much but the chaos of an unmade bed gets me like really shaky how about people who say coupon and the people who say coupon this is from diane I mean, coupon is correct, guys. What are we doing with coupon? That's madness. I say coupon too. Do you say? Who says coupon? It, 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 I'm sorry. I don't like to ban people from the podcast, but if you're running around saying coupon, we have to talk. How about do you say firefly or lightning bug? Firefly, probably. But I, that one doesn't bother me for some reason. That's an AKA. That's an acceptable. Yeah. Do you say, how about the Crayola box of 64 sticks of wax in different colors? What do you call those? Crayon. I call them crayons now, but I grew up calling them crayons. C-R-A-N, like cranberry. Crayon, one syllable. Crayon. Yeah, I say crayons. I think crayon is correct. Now, this is the other one. People who use an accent when saying a word from a foreign language in a regular sentence. Okay. Like if I said we were in Hawaii. If you were like, last night for dinner, we had quesadillas. (laughs) Like, I I cannot forgive that crime. You can do anything else to me, but if you put suddenly put a random foreign accent on a word in the middle of an otherwise normal sentence, I don't know. I find that unless you are a native speaker of that language, in which case it is your prerogative, but if you are not a native speaker of that language, I don't know why that is like my pet peeve. So if we were like having a play date and I said, children, it's time to put away your crayon, you would like never come into this person's house. I mean, that would be so <laughs> unacceptable because that's not even a foreign word, but if you were like... Yeah, it must be annoying to be a celebrity because the paparazzi (laughs) are are always bothering you. Like, who are you and why are you this way? It's not acceptable to me. This is a big one. Dana says the people who take their shoes off in the house and the people who don't. I mean, really, it's like the people who have a shoes off rule for their home and the people who are like, and you leave them on. Which one are you? I am so shoes on and I have to say I'm shoes off hostile. I feel we've discussed this on the podcast already, and I want to be a bigger person, but I am shoes off hostile. Because you don't like stocking feet. I do not like going places and being told to take my shoes off. New York City is almost every home you go to in New York City, they have you take your shoes off. And I just feel like it is so like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on those sidewalks and they don't get clean particularly often, some of them. And so everybody does it in New York City. And I feel like, yeah, like that makes sense. We're a city of 8 million people and 6 million dogs. But yeah, I get it. I understand it. I understand why it makes sense. But I'm so annoyed when someone asks me to take my shoes off. I find it First of all, I'm a never nude for my feet as well. I like the way shoes feel. I have a child who will not not wear shoes. He only takes his shoes off when he goes to bed. Like, and I, he is my kid. I don't like the sensation of walking around in socks. And I really dislike the sensation of walking around with bare feet. Like I must never walk around barefooted. I have to have slippers on. And so I don't know when I go to a party or someone's house and I see that shoe basket, like my, my spirit is crushed. I'm like, oh. What if we had like a soft pair of kergies by the door for you to slip on? That would be okay? It <laughs> would be okay, but you don't. That's the problem. Like nobody does that. Like if you want to invest in our wonderful sponsor and get 48 pairs of kergies and have them available, 
I would vaguely accept that. But it's also the kind of thing often like you've gone out of your way to kind of get dressed up and then you're like, oh, I guess I'll be in my stocking feet or my busted manicure with my weird habit feet that now everyone gets to see or in my mismatched socks that I didn't know people were going to get to see. I find shoelessness, I can't stand it. It's also like I hear my mother's voice, which is like, oh, no shoes. What is this about? Mm, Aren't you fancy? Like it brings out my like Irish lady like "Ah, no shoes maybe it's i don't know it's terrible it's my own personal failing but i don't want to come to your house badly enough to take my shoes off that's my point of view i grew up in a shoes on house like the irish bog people of course you did yeah like what are you taking your shoes off for irish people are not about taking your shoes off that then we don't do that but in my family of choice my own home you're shoeless in new york city yeah Wait a minute. I've come to your house and I have not taken my shoes off. I don't tell people to take their shoes off. I get a little like, I don't care enough that I'm like, please take those shoes off. I have definitely marched around your floors with my dirty New York City feet. And you've never said anything about it until now. Because I always have a thing like just yesterday, people came over like, oh, you want us to take our shoes off? And I'm like, I say you don't have to, which is like the worst answer. Right. It's code for if you don't, (laughs) I'd hate you. Right. I can't own it. And I don't really care. But if it was like raining or snowing, yes, I'd ask you to. (laughs) We're getting somewhere with this. Wow. This is so personal, guys. We have to take a break. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty-calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero-gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. And now, your comprehensive and completely foolproof school reopening plan from the What Fresh Hell podcast. This fall, our children's teachers will offer both at-home and in-classroom learning. We didn't ask them whether that was possible. They'll make it work. We want to assure you that our reopening plan is predicated on the best possible science from this one guy. We are going to tape off a certain area on the play deck. That's where it's going to be safe for the children to breathe within. The thing about our younger grades is that we are going to need to cut down on what's called the slobber factor. So we are planning to tell the children that, in fact, everybody else does have cooties. We're going to start the seventh grade science fair a little early this fall and actually just instruct the children to come up with a vaccine. 
We got this wonderful suggestion from a parent to just have the kids hold sheets of saran wrap in front of their face for part of the day. And as to whether your child should be reporting to school remotely or in the classroom on a given day, we're going to have a completely complicated color-coded schedule. What we're asking you to do is adjust your thinking from picturing schools as pestilent farms or petri dishes and start thinking of them as places where disease doesn't exist. We're asking you to be part of the solution by ignoring all your instincts and common sense. If anyone listening should know anyone who might be able to help us, say, build a building like roughly the size of an airport hangar and like really pretty quickly, do not be shy about reaching out. We know that you're entrusting us with your children's safety, so it's of paramount importance to us that you feel a sense of confidence in what we're doing. Seriously, guys, do we have any idea what we're doing? This has been your comprehensive and completely foolproof school reopening plan. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Okay, guys, we're back. I should say throughout this episode, there are two kinds of people, people who figured out where to send their kids to camp during a quarantine and people who didn't. So I'm in the didn't category. So you will hear a lot of screaming in the background. That is my kids playing outside in the two foot of water outdoor pool we have constructed that they are really enjoying. You have to tell everybody about that because this outdoor pool that you brought in for the summer involved some manual labor from your children. Oh, yes. I should put some pictures up on Facebook. Like, we got an above ground pool and it was so much labor to put in that like it was basically the five of us digging into hard ground. You have to like get it level on your lawn. It was the most work I've ever done in my life. But now they are enjoying it. It's the game is basically it's like two and a half feet of water and they just stand in it and scream at the top of their lungs for hours at a time. That seems to be their amusement. I have a good pool game for the like when you want to stay on your chair when they're like, mom, mom, you know, they want you involved in their being in the pool and you don't want to be in the pool. My kids played this game categories for years and they stand on the side and you say like ice cream and then they say like chocolate or Rocky. They say their favorite kind and jump in and then you have to come up with, okay, now movie. Okay, now this. And the hardest part about it is coming up with a new thing that there could be categories of, but you can get hours in a chair out of categories. That is hilarious, mostly because you are so overestimating what this pool is. <laughs> there is no side. You can't jump in. It's like two feet of water in a giant bucket, basically. <laughs> There's one ladder that you have to like, it's like a step ladder that you have to crawl up to get in and then you just commit to it. I hear delighted children. But we could possibly do like, you have to run across the pool when you have your category, but no, there's no jumping into this. Are you the kind of person who squeezes their toothpaste from the bottom or a middle toothpaste murderer? Ugh, I'm a bottom person and... My 11-year-old and I are just in a constant war about it. Like, I've given him 17 lessons in how to properly roll the toothpaste up for the bottom, and he's a middle squeezer, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> it drives me crazy, too. And why? I don't know. Like, it's their toothpaste, then why do I care? Well, because they're not utilizing it correctly, but you can go out and flatten it, but it's a pain. All right, Amy, let's hit some parenting one. Let's okay. start with a big one. Danielle, and I know Danielle in real life, and this is so true, and we have had this two kinds of people discussion in life. The woo-hooer, boo-hooer, it is often referred to, people dropping their kids off at school, dropping their kids. We were having a conversation once, Danielle and I, and she was like, oh, the saddest thing ever is the eighth grade trip when the kids go away. And I'm like, I mean, literally we had the conversation where my face was like, I don't understand what's sad about that. Like she cannot stand for her kids to be away from her. She loves them in a very specific way and she wants them with her. Yeah, I am with you on this. I am like the pet peeve of mine is the content of like, there's only 18 summers with your children, like in oh. all of that and or the age that I'm getting closer to, like as you leave for college. Right. As I watch your oh. tiny toe headed curls turn into a man that is leaving me like, oh, stop. You'll see him at Thanksgiving. He's going to go start his life. Oh, God. Maybe I'll feel differently. Goodbye. You know, remind me I said that. But there is a cottage industry of that content. I have come to believe and we talked about this with Ariana a couple of weeks ago and it struck me. I am team. No one really likes their kids this much. And it turns out that people really do feel this way. And I just can't relate to it. And so I have to be a little bit careful. Like, there are people who are genuinely sad when September comes because they like spending time with their kids and they don't want them to go back to school. I've come to believe that's true. I always thought those people were just lying to 
annoy me. But no, they really feel like they don't want their kids away from them. I'm sad when it's September because it's September and next is October, not June. But other than that, I'm good. Yeah, I just think I'm built of different stuff. And it's possibly, again, the Irish factor where it's like, I don't know, just a, a hardiness. But I don't know. I mean, I often have people be like, just wait until, I don't know, we leave our kids this year, we weren't able to do it. But we generally leave our kids in Texas for three weeks over the summer. I don't miss them. I like them a lot. But I don't feel that I will be at the college drive away weeping and gnashing my teeth. I don't know. I mean, the crossing guard at the school was literally laughing at us because when we dropped my daughter off for kindergarten the first day, he's like, every single other couple has come down here and they're all crying and wiping their faces and you two are basically skipping with glee. <laughs> I was thrilled. Forget your troubles, come home, get happy. I like to see her when I see her, but I'm not missing her because she's in kindergarten all day. I don't know. I don't relate to it at all. I don't have that gene. Right. Like pace yourselves, right? One day she's going to join the Peace Corps and you won't see her for two years. Yeah, but like, good for her. I don't know. That seems great to me. I'll write her a letter. Like, I just feel like, and my parents were this way. And so I think that I come by it naturally. And I also think sometimes people put on the persona of like, ah, I don't care about my kids at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I like my time with them. And I like my time away from them. And it has taken me a while to realize there are people who really don't like their time away from their kids. Shauna says there are moms who want a break from their kids versus moms who don't want to leave their children with anybody else. This happened to me once, like play dates, right? Even the word play date, that's like a post 2000 invention. By the time your kids are, I don't know, I'd say five, the whole reason of having a play date is so two parents don't have to sit there, right? Like one parent gets free time, one parent kind of supervises the play date, the kids play with each other, like it's free time for one and a half of the parents involved. Anyway, my kid had a kid in his class with a very attached parent. This kid came over for a play date after school in seventh grade. And the mom came with him and sat down at my table and I made her a cup of tea. Nice person. But we talked for like two hours while these two like 12 year olds played video games. I'm like, this is like so not the reason I was getting my kid a play date was so I got to do whatever I wanted for two hours. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And this person, it was clear, was never going to let her kid have a play date without her accompanying him on the play date. Yeah, that's outlier to me. I don't think that's two kinds of people. I think it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's a ton of people in that category, but I do think the like, I want to be with my kids always and I want to be with my kids sometimes is definitely a divide. And I'm team less time with my kids. Bye, guys. <laughs> Emails, Amy. Okay. Are you a 10,000 email person or a zero inbox? Clean inbox or 10,000? I am 10,000. I mean, I'm 1,000. I managed to get down to inbox zero once during this whole last couple of months. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and do it. And I did it. And then, you know, two days later, I had 100 emails in my inbox again. But this is the big divide because everybody, I think, has a lot of emails. But does your when you look at your email thing, is there a red number? I see, as in like unread emails. Unread emails or unread texts. No, there aren't because I have a very bad habit, which is I read something. I'm like, oh, I have to deal with that. That'll take me 30 seconds to answer that email. So I'm not going to do it now. And then, then I have <laughs> 20 read and undealt with emails that I really need to answer. Yeah, I can't have the red. Yeah. The red number to me, I had a work colleague once and I looked at her phone for something and her red number was like 10,850. And I truly gasped like I'd been bitten by something. I just, the idea that you could look at that number and sleep at night was unbelievable to me. <laughs> Unread emails. And again, they're just junk. Like she only reads the ones that matter. It's not that her system is wrong, but having that number there just would make me crazy. There's no way I could do it. I couldn't sleep at night. Yeah, there are two kinds of people, the ones who truly don't care about what that number says and the people like me who are always like, I'm in there like hacking away with a scythe trying to like unsubscribe from the newsletters and stuff. So I yeah, and not winning. All right, we're going to do a food two kinds of people power round. Are you ready, Amy? Okay. Mm -hmm. Marshmallows, golden brown or flaming? Golden brown. Golden brown, of course. You're not a psycho. People who love red wine and those who don't. Love it. Can't drink it at all. Don't drink any kind of wine. Mm. People who prefer green bananas or brown bananas? No, I am strictly the 35 seconds that they're pure yellow. I am only brown. Like the idea of eating a yellow banana is horrifying to me. If I had to pick, green is worse. Green is worse. People who like licorice and those who don't. 
I'm assuming she means black licorice because like any licorice is fine. I don't need to love, categorize. Licorice is horrible. Love licorice, but don't love black licorice. I love like Twizzlers are my favorite candy, oh, but not black Amy, licorice. we have to stop doing a podcast together. Like that is the most <laughs> horrifying thing I've ever heard anyone say. Hellman's versus Miracle Whip. Disgusting. Mayonnaise is never... Oh, you hate mayonnaise. That's right. I like, it's only Hellman's. People who can eat one Oreo and people who have to cut themselves off at a sleeve. Again, that white lard stuff in the middle of Oreos is disgusting. No Oreos. Wow. Controversial. I don't have a problem eating one Oreo. I find them, and they're, again, they're not my favorite. Cilantro or no? Love cilantro. Love cilantro. It's a, like if I see it on a menu, right? If it has cilantro in it, I would get it. Yeah, I love cilantro. People who think fruit is a dessert and people who know better. I know better. I like fruit. Fruit is not a dessert. Correct. People who think something without chocolate can be called dessert. I do. Like my favorite dessert is like a blueberry cobbler. Like I think hot fruit with sugar on top is a delicious dessert. Is okay. With a little vanilla ice cream. Yeah. It doesn't have to be chocolate. I'm not a chocolate person. Pineapple on pizza. No. Horrible. Never. Crispy hash browns or breakfast potatoes. I'm not sure what the difference is. I guess I want crispy. Oh, Crispy hash browns are good and breakfast potatoes are disgusting. That's the difference. Those like fat potatoes with like red peppers and onions <laughs> in them. I mean, what kind of monster? Sweet versus salty. Oh, can I have salty sweet? Can I have like salted caramel or can I have like a piece of chocolate with some salt on it? Okay. No, that means you're salty. I'm salty. Mm -hmm. If you still like your dessert salty, you're salty. I'm all the way salty. I always say like, you could take desserts from me from the rest of my life. I don't care about sweets. Milk in first for cereal or cereal then milk? How do you know how much milk? I don't know who pours milk in first. What kind of monster? I don't know. I mean, the correct technique, guys, cereal, then milk. Yes. Then you have to add a little more cereal because you have a little extra milk. Yes. Then you have to add a little more milk. You got to just keep going as you get the balance. Exactly correct. <laughs> I'm glad we got that done. All right. That was good. That was a good speed round. How about, <laughs> this is a funny one, work colleagues contribute by providing valuable and relevant discussion in meetings and work colleagues who just restate something that's already been there discussed to be seen as contributing. <gasps> Oh, I think this is something personal that this contributor is working out. But we've all been there, right? You're like, I see you. Right. I would also say like people who ask questions at the end of the meeting and people who are not monsters. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you have like back to kindergarten night and there's like a 45 minute presentation about going to kindergarten. And then it's like, are there any questions? And 10 people have questions. And I'm just like, really? It's not obligatory. What could possibly be your question? We have just had a 45-minute presentation about something that people for centuries have done with no information, dropping their children off at school. Like, how can 10 people have follow-up questions after a 45-minute discussion about sending your kid to kindergarten? This is why I don't go to these things anymore, because I often cannot contain my, like, eye rolls and sighs as people are like, I have 10 follow-up questions. I have a good workaround for that. I mean, if you're the one doing the presentation, the Barefoot Contessa, remember her? She used to have a cooking show and she still has like stuff in magazines and all. I love her. Yeah. So she says that at the end of, you know, dinner, you have people over for dinner, you're supposed to say, nobody wants coffee, do they? Mm. Because then you don't have to make coffee and serve it. <laughs> That's clever. So, so if you're ever that person, you're like, nobody has any questions, do they? Then you're cutting off the like, I guess I better have a question people. Yeah, that's probably the way to do it. But even then, people would have questions at back to school night. Everybody's got to show that they're very interested in their child. Amy, let's finish because I felt very personally attacked. I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't drink coffee. I never have. And there was a lot of people who drink coffee or need coffee or whatever about coffee and then monsters. And I'm just here to represent <laughs> the people who don't drink coffee. Yeah, I'm a big like, don't talk to me before I've had coffee. And I managed to get off it for a couple of years, getting pregnant with my first child. I couldn't get pregnant with my first child for a long time. So I was trying everything and I cut out caffeine and I made it through child one, child two, and then baby number three was born. I had three under five and I started drinking coffee again. And now I'm right back. Like, I'm as bad as I ever was. I need two cups of coffee before I can formulate a conversation. But I don't judge you. I'm kind of jealous of you that you can get up and go. Yeah, I mean, I drink a lot of nonsense in place of it. It's definitely not a virtue thing, but I just have never developed a taste. I tried for like a year. I was purposely drinking coffee in college because I kept thinking everybody <laughs> drinks coffee. It's a thing. And I just doesn't agree with me. I don't know. It gives me like a bad stomach. And I, I, I don't know. I just can't drink coffee. I drink tea. I drink a ton of caffeine and I use caffeine to stay awake and stuff, but I don't 
I can't tolerate coffee. I forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. And I forgive you for all of your crimes too, Amy. For not There's been many of them. And you have to forgive me for walking around your apartment with my shoes on and never be you were probably like, wait, you just leave them on. No, it unless you really, really want to. Uh just take your shoes off. I don't care. <laughs> there are two kinds of people. People are like, no, no. I had no idea. I was like rubbing my feet against your couch cushions and you know, just befouling everything in sight. Since you brought it up. Yeah, I get This has been festering for a while now. Who knew? Guys, there are two kinds of people. People who follow us on social media and people who are <laughs> missing out on the greatest fun of their lives. Come find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash what for shellcast. You can join the Facebook group where everyone is chatting and having fun and having a million laughs. We'll have a good, we'll do like a Red Rover, Red Rover on the Facebook group for the two kinds of people. We can continue to hash this out. Perfect. We're also, we're on Instagram. We already told you that at What Fresh Hellcast. Pinterest at What Fresh Hellcast. We're on YouTube. Find us on YouTube. We put all our funny videos up on there. Gotta find us on YouTube. And anywhere else, you can find us at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Always. Yep. We're always there. And there's links, although we didn't have any really thing to link to <laughs> no, this week. No research this week. Just love. No research, just a lot of silliness. And guys, with that, we will talk to you next week. So long. Thanks for listening. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk, and let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It.